0: Welcome to the FE Research Podcast with Jo and Alistair, a podcast that aims to shine a light on the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education.
1: The students have as much part to play in the teaching as a tutor. If you know anything about workers' education, social and philosophy, that is what it's all about.
0: Hello and welcome to the FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher-Saxon and my partner in crime is...
2: Hey, it's Alistair Smith. Hello, Joe. How are you?
0: I'm all right. How are you?
2: Very good. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So we're speaking in lockdown two. Very different two. to lockdown one. No banana bread.
2: There's no banana bread and it doesn't feel like much of a lockdown with still going to, uh, to the college and, and working with the students.
0: We're back at work, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, today on the podcast, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our guests today. So we have with us Peter Leyland. Um, he is um, an educator of all sorts of phases in education, actually. A former middle school teacher, but also taught in primary and secondary. He's been a special advisory teacher but for over a decade now, has been working with the WEA, and that's the Workers' Education Association. Um, And he has got an impressive array of research conferences that he's presented at, and that's why I've invited Peter Leyland to come and join us today. Say hello, Peter. Hello. Hello. You might have to say hello louder than that.
1: Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Hello.
0: Yes. So... Um, I was looking through your kind of, um, I suppose, your CV, if you like, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I can see that you've pres- you know, undertaken um, bodies of research in relation to your work as an adult education tutorial, and you've presented over in Copenhagen, in Italy, in Norway, as well as in the UK. So hopefully we'll hear a bit bit more about that today. Um, so, do you, well, do you want to introduce, yeah, so, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, Peter. <laughs>
1: Right well um I was born in Liverpool which I you know always go on about and always rave about you know I went to the same school as Paul McCartney had done you know so that's a big <laughs> I always I always mention that throw that in somewhere um I uh, well had a did a degree in London in English and wanted to be a poet you know but uh, that didn't work out so I became a teacher as people do. <laughs> the next best thing to poetry. But uh you know, ever since I've, you know, been in teaching and I just I do love teaching actually. I you no, know, I really um I didn't I never did a, a training course. I just went I just started. I just sort of, you know, stood up in front of, you know, a few children and started yapping away <laughs> about the Magna Carta it was. That was the my first lesson. The Magna Carta
0: <laughs> Wow. So so, not a trained teacher originally. Wow. Not,
1: not then, but I did retrain in science teaching okay. after my first four years, and I got an advanced dip in in science teaching. You know, so that was my, you know, that was my proper teacher training, if you like. You know, that was, but that was while I, while I was actually teaching in the classroom. You know, it was sort of part time, um, which I've always been better at actually doing part time. You know. At, education as you know with together with my teaching
0: right I've always
1: found that best that worked best for me Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, and you've got a master's as well you did that in the 90s didn't you yeah
1: I did that in the same way you know teaching and working and doing the 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 master's sort of in afternoons or evenings you know um and that always worked best for me
0: well, actually, that's often a, a conversation we end up having is how people manage to combine study hmm. and teaching. Because, of course, a lot of people now are doing full-time teaching and, and trying to combine it with yeah, studying yeah. <laughs> and research. Being part-time would be kind of like a fantasy for some people. <laughs> right, I'm going I'm to ask you some questions based on the bits and pieces I've been reading about you. And um, I think my next question is, I'd love to know what is bibliotherapy?
1: Well, that's a good question. Now, I thought about this, well, how am I going to answer that? And I thought, well, I'd answer it by, from one of my students, actually, because she said to me when we, were, when we were devising this course, reading can enhance our life. Reading poetry, novels can lift us out of our everyday experience and can offer us pleasure, mental stimulation, a sense of well-being and company. And, um, you know, that for me, that encapsulated what I was trying to do, you know, in the, the bibliotherapy world, really, you know, just sort of, we love reading literature, you know, and we share, you know, you know we empathise, all about empathy, really. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm, I read all the time, you know, I read to get up and, you know, with a book, I go to bed with a book, you <laughs> um, I've always you know I've always got poetry around and uh, you know my my students well they're not exactly like me but you know, they're all people who love reading books you know either poetry or novels that's the way it works really
0: Right So you you devised a kind of a pro you've, well you've devised a number of programs for the WEA then Yeah and yeah. One was focused I think back in 2016 17 on bibliotherapy
2: Mhm Is that mm-hmm. right
0: because you then went to I don't know how you say this, University of Arras in Copenhagen to present yeah. about bibliotherapy and can books heal the mind? I think that was your academic paper.
1: Right? That was the first, the first really big step forward for me that. I mean you know I mean I've been a reader all my life but then I just came across you know I, I oh, Lyndon West who's my the great man at Canterbury Christchurch who's really inspired and helped me he said, well, just do what you want. You know, do a do a conference paper on what you want. What do you like? So I thought about reading and I read, did a lot of research about it. And I came up with this idea, reading can heal the mind. I mean, there's sort of people like, when um, I mean, it goes right back to Aristotle and Plato and Montaigne, you know, George Eliot, you know, any of those, you know, names that you probably have heard of. I mean, George Eliot, he says, Art is the nearest thing to life. It's a mode of amplifying experience and extending our contact with our fellow men beyond the bounds of our personal lot. Mm-hmm. You, know, so, you know, she's talking about, she says art, but she's talking about, you know, reading, poetry, art, music, dance, any aspect of um, art that you can imagine extends our, you know, extends ourselves.
0: Mm. Actually, that's been a bit of a theme in previous podcasts. Actually, we've had uh, art educators talking yeah. about well being and, and so yeah, on. So absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes, very important. Very important. I've got, um, I don't know whether you know this, uh, this document here, if I can pull it out.
0: People can't see you, of course, Peter. So I'm going to describe what you're doing. He's rooting under his desk. People, that's what Peter's doing now.
1: Sorry, sorry (laughs) I've lost you. Go on.
0: It's okay. Go on. What have you rooted out to show us?
1: This, um, Creative of health. Have you ever come across this?
0: No. The health and wellbeing. Oh, our colleague Jen would be interested in that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Parliamentary report. Fantastic document, uh, two thousand seventeen. Right. Um, and it's all about well, the arts for health and well-being, the, everything that you know we've been talking about. You know. And
0: yet, look at what's happening to the arts in, in education.
1: Yes, in I, education. Know. I know.
0: I know. Yeah. Ironic, yeah.
1: I mean, this is this is massive. You know, it's and it's great, great reading.
0: Okay.
1: My. My second paper was on that this report, right.
0: together with my own research, you know. Ah, right, okay. So that was Togetherness, in times of conflict, but can we reconnect with our creative selves? That's
1: the one, and yeah. And that was in
0: Italy? Yeah, Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, people listening might be really interested to to kind of hear that you can um, undertake a body of research and then, you know, apply to different conferences in different countries and, and go out and present papers. I, th- I, think, I don't think anybody's talked about that. So how did you, you know, come across that you could do that? And how do you find out where the opportunities are to talk about your research? Right.
1: Well, that's the question. Yeah. Um, Lyndon West, who's at Canterbury Christ Church, was sort of head of this group called Esriah the European Society for Research into the Education of Adults, you mm. see. And he sort of said to me, well, okay, Pete, come on down, you know, do your, do your thing. And he was very, you know, just gave me this key, the golden key, you know, to, to do this. So uh, the first one was Copenhagen, then there was Italy, uh, and then Norway. And it got better, and literally for me, it got better and better every time I got better at it. <laughs> yeah. I've got to know a fantastic bunch of people, you know, fellow researchers, mm. mostly more kind of academic than I was. Now, I was sort of lower down the academic scale, if you like. <laughs> you <know? laughs> a lot of them were sort of professorial types, you know. <laughs> um, and a lot of women, really great you know co- you know uh, fantastic colleagues that I got to know and uh, were very sort of supportive and friendly and helpful um and uh, you know I've got a kind of little network going on now you know that's really there's...
0: interesting because quite after we get questions about how you build a network as a yeah. teacher researcher
1: yeah, that um, is you... what I was able to do
0: yeah you know. yeah and quite a global one for you was um. Gosh, we've only talked about kind of UK networks, but you, you've really reached out. And it's great to hear that um, you felt confident in those spaces. Because, again, a lot of FE researchers don't necessarily feel talk about feeling right, confident yeah. in those academic spaces.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I was, you know, I felt, you know, I was, as I say, a bit low down in the in the hierarchical academic hi- hierarchy. But... Lyndon and people were sort of saying it's okay come on in you know come on in and you need you need those people you need that kind of person to say yes. come on in yeah. you know welcome you yeah. uh that's a I great message
0: that... actually it's a great message for academia actually isn't yeah. it? to welcome people from all the parts of education spheres yeah. and worlds. yeah um okay so can i ask you a bit about then I was quite interested in this term. Um, in 2020, oh, that's, well, that's this year. I keep forgetting, but in, still in that year. Um, have you already done, you presented a paper, The Spirit Level or How I Became a Literary Activist? Wow. Yes. What is a literary activist?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I do. You know, this, what, this is sort of, um, one of my students says, Peter, you're like an evangelist, you know, oh. <laughs> he says. I said, no, come on, no, then Pat, don't say that. <laughs> you know? But uh, because I rave about books and reading and, you know, literature, um, I mean, I'm a great Bob Dylan fan, you know. And, <laughs> and you know he, he won the Nobel Prize for Literature, don't you? A few, few years ago yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's, you know, one of the greatest poets, you know, of the modern age you see and uh so i'm sort of you know coming on you know with that in that kind of um style you know the sort of um kate tempest have you heard of her oh you know, yeah she's, she's our modern equivalent of bob dylan of that time i think you know she's just brilliant yeah <laughs> what
0: funny... okay, Kate kate is k now is k has become um yes that's right
1: she's she i know yes you know, k, yeah. I, read, I read i thought i thought i was i thought it was kate you know i had to check i had to check i thought yeah oh gosh yes
0: i think he reuses they and them as yeah, can, yeah that's right and um i bought k's latest book actually and k has signed it so i've got a signed <laughs> copy of k's latest <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you're an evangelist
1: yeah. Um, so well, oh, be careful of that. The power of reading.
0: <laughs> is that what we're saying? So, as you went, as we went into lockdown, then have you run some WA courses online, or or have you paused that connection now, with students?
1: So unfortunately, because I'm uh, because I'm sort of seventy, uh, mm-hmm. it's really hard actually to to get to grips with that kind of approach. Yeah. Um, and we've got in the WO we've got something called Canvas, which yes. is. Yes,
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I am struggling to master Canvas at, as we speak. You know, right. I've got a okay. I've got a session tomorrow on it <laughs> tomorrow morning. You know. Sorry um,
0: me. I hope you get well <laughs> by tomorrow morning. Then the <laughs> students will be stranded. <laughs> right, but yeah. I mean, you know, I mean that, that's also a really positive message as well, isn't it? I think about age and stage in your career. Yeah, it,
2: it's, and it's really, the, really
0: powerful and impactful work.
1: But the trouble with with that is, I might even if I can get it. What about my students? You know, they, yeah. they're going to find it really difficult. I mean, I've ru- I'm running a, a Zoom course for. A, a small group of students a poetry zoom poetry course mm. not not the wa just me actually yeah, you know right. um, but the wa students and um i only got like half a dozen who would come to the zoom course out of you know a group of usually 12 14 people mm. you know only half a dozen would come um and uh, you know that's that, we we just talk like we are you know now it's that kind of situation really and there's only you know it's it's like five of them and me you know on the split screen like this uh, and that's all we do is talk and read poetry yeah. I'll be doing what I've going. I've got one tomorrow afternoon where yeah. I'm doing Seamus Heaney with them you know and uh, we're reading Seamus Heaney poems but the type of it Yeah,
0: but that's all part of um, in fact I'm, I'm working with some colleagues at the moment on an adult education um, campaign I guess you would
1: call mm-hmm. it mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's one of the things we're trying to do is is bring to everyone's attention that the adult education landscape is quite rich and there's lots going on in pockets that perhaps is hidden because yeah. the skills agenda that gets put in the front maybe you know but mm. actually there's there's all sorts of work like the kind of work that you do that is is really you know powerful and, and mm. part of people's lives okay I'm going to um uh, move on to another question for you then um you do you want to tell us a bit about the WA course that you devised um, called Reading Can Enhance Your Life? Do you want to oh,
1: tell wow, that? yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was, I um, do oh, know what, I'm trying to remember the, the name of the, uh, there we are, I wrote, I wrote down a note, yeah. Um, there's a group in, in Leicester, part of the WA, called um, Leicester Ageing Together mental well-being project right now i only sort of just um had a you know an email you know connected with it so i responded and the guy i got talking to said oh we can let you run a free course you know um a free six-week course you know for any number it only has to be four or five people you know for this under this well-being project um you know what would you like to do? So I thought, oh, I could finally bring together all my, um, uh, <laughs> the, um, bibliotherapy ideas into one, you see. Yeah. So I, co- we, I got together with my group, with some of this fantastic group I've got in Northampton. And I had a little core of them, about four or five, and we worked together on what the course could be about, you see. Oh, wow.
0: So that's co-construction of a course then. Yeah. yeah. yeah
1: yeah fabulous. um we we decided to call it reading can enhance your life because we didn't want to put anything about you know like therapy so that's yeah. the you see that word bibliotherapy is a bit of a misnomer really you know and the trouble with it people said therapy oh my god you know so we called it reading can enhance your life and we got all together i think it was 12 people all together you know on this free course and this little group and me we sort of you know planned it out rough got a rough idea of how it would go, um, and it didn 't actually f- necessarily follow the, the plan in the end you know there were a few departures from the plan, especially the the novel cure we didn 't use that in the end right. because um, uh, it was sort of thrown out by the group they didn 't want to be told what novels what novel you should read for certain conditions, <laughs> they wanted it to come from them. You know, so they chucked out that whole session. You know, yeah. um, so it was very co-created mm-hmm. and it was literally one of the most fantastic things I've done. Right. You know, we just had yeah. six two-hour sessions in, in Northampton. Uh Brilliant centre we've got there. Um And it was just fantastic. And I reported back to the guy who, would you know, introduced me to it you know the whole thing and it was as I say it was free they funded it and my I was paid you know I was paid normal WA you
0: know Yeah. Um, so, so is that going to end up being uh, an academic paper somewhere in the world uh,
1: now that became hang on I did I did um, here it is uh, create uh, oh what I'm actually looking at this was for ah, Story of a Research Journey.
0: Oh, right, okay. This
1: was for um, uh, Joe, uh, jo, you know, Joe, um, who you know from FE.
0: You mean Sam Jones?
1: Yeah, Sam. Sorry, not oh, it's she- So
0: funny, Peter. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Everyone calls her Joe. Uh, I'm Joe, the dark haired one. She's blonde uh, and clever.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. I I did this, a story of research journey, for her... Did
0: it for the research meet?
1: Yeah.
0: Where Jean McNiff was at the time? Is that where you Not met coming, Jean McNiff? Did, is that where you met Jean McNiff at that research meet? Yes, it was,
1: that was the sec- the junior, but it was the first year. This story of research journey was the second year. Okay. At the Sixth Form College in... Um, in
0: Bedford. The, yeah yeah it's mm. easy building isn't it mm-hmm. so it might be if, if you'd be happy to share that little presentation about the story of the research journey people might be interested we could attach that to absolutely um, yeah this podcast yeah. that's fabulous yeah, okay. I
1: like, yeah sorry I, I was gonna say i like stories you see yeah. i think i'm a great storyteller you know um <laughs> hence, the narrative.
0: hence that you've been drawn as, as a researcher to narrative research then Hmm. that biographical narrative research that's
1: that it yes yeah. you've got it yeah, yeah. Well, well there's there's the book
0: oh look um, now he's flashing another book at us go on what's that <laughs> one
1: <laughs> this is using biographical methods in social research right by Lyndon west and barbara merrill
0: okay i, um, I, I this is great for me because uh, well alistair and i are about to start an MPhil, um and I'm interested in gathering teacher researcher stories. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using well,
1: that sort of method. Uh, Lyndon West um, and Barbara, I know her too. Lyndon is, you know, been inspirational to me. Um, and this is his book, basically. Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's written lots of others. You know, he's yeah. he's uh, he's into it just about everything. You know, he's you know a psychotherapist. He's uh, you know English. You know philosophy.
0: Oh, he's too talented. Too talented, Peter. Yes,
1: for these people, you
0: know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand over now to Alice um, Alistair, who's gonna um, ask you a few more questions. Okay.
2: No, I'm, I was really enjoying listening to Peter. That I wasn't quite ready to jump straight back in. So that was great. Your your students are very fortunate, Peter, to oh, uh, to have you there. Um, I'm just really interested if you can share with us a little bit about your approach to research Mm. um and i I have a feeling you mentioned there before about doing what you love um so i'm I'm guessing that might feature in there quite heavily as well
1: absolutely yeah yes very much actually because i love literature english lit you know and i love teaching the actual act of teaching and the response you get from students you know the give and take and um I, i get a buzz when i'm standing there you know delivering i get a buzz you know it's like a high really you know um and uh, it's very important to me you know i mean i have to be careful how to say okay come on it's about them not you <laughs> but delivering a you know delivering at a conference or you know at a you know a big stage is quite it's quite it's quite uplifting but i'm not a you know i'm not a natural sort of you know stage person and i like to you know to sit back and listen you know as well to the students you know I'm, I think they should be in charge. I mean, the WA philosophy is that the students have as much part to play in the teaching as a tutor. If you know anything about workers' education, social philosophy, that is what it's all about, you know, and you're an equal participant. And although you've got a, an MA in this or that, you know, they're as important as you are because adults coming have got so much knowledge, you know, as you're sure you know. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Tawney, I think it is, you know, one of the great philosophers, educational philosophers, Tawney. A couple of other big names, you know, um, whose names escape me at the moment. But (laughs) R.H. Tawney is the one,
2: I think. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. And um, I think listening to you, you just starting to to tip into the next question really on here, which Mm. um, I was going to ask you about, the impact of the work that you do is it about you or the students but actually you you said very clearly and very animated on the on the video link here that it's about them not you Mm. so so is that what drives your research is it is it about the students and the outcome there
1: yes that's right yes because all the esri the esria papers where i've done which have been most researched i have taken the feedback that we do in the wa the feedback sheets and you know looked at them and Said to the students, Well, look, you know, this is what you said, and you know, can I use this in my, you know, my conference paper? How do you feel? You know, is that okay? Um, you know, we discussed the sort of me feeding back to conferences, what I've been doing with them. It's all very, you know, connected. You know, that's like a circle, I think. You know, me, the students, the pet the Esria papers, um and it's all, It sort of self-reinforces itself, really.
2: Um, but it's, can... <laughs> self-perpetuating as well at the same time. And how well is that supported by, um, by your employer? Because, of course, it sounds like it's integral to what you do, but are they supportive of it or does it just kind of happen? Well, let's
1: say they give me the freedom, Alistair. You know, that's what I've got from them is the freedom. Um, one of the on Twitter, uh, the chief executive, he noticed uh, something about what I'd done, and he he sort of responded, saying, "Oh, that sounds really good." You know, um, I'm always waiting for the WA to knock at the door and say, "Hey, Pete," you know, "Come on, come and really <laughs> write an article for us, or you know, go into the Guardian for us, please." You know, <laughs> uh, because um, I think you know maybe they could use me more. You know, they could be um more uh not supported because they you know it's a good organization to work for they i mean they don't pay they're not great payers you know but they give you the freedom i think to do your thing you know and that's what's so wonderful about it
2: yeah just before you joined us um peter joe and i were talking a little bit about being trusted in, in kind of what you're doing and, and going about your work. And I think you've just kind of summed it up there, you know, they, they give you that space and the trust and the freedom to to kind of have a go at that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a big part of the drive. Would you, would you say that, that the fact that you can do that also um, encourages you to kind of carry on doing that? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've written, you know, I've written a book, um, this is um, my book, the detective. It's self-published book, the detective in fiction, right? Which is about my W.A. courses on detective fiction, uh, you know. And I kind of done that, you know. It all to do with um, you know them trusting me and them not saying, "Oh, what are you writing about?" You know, what were you all this about? You know, it was nothing like that. It was all very supportive and interested and um the whole thing you know is as you say trust um and enthusiasm uh the trouble is i I don't often see many wea people you know it's me and the students they come in and expect, expect me every now and then you know it's once every couple of years they have um you know someone sits in your lesson and you know talk to the group and, you know, like, Offsted type thing. Oh, it's not as bad as that. <laughs> not really like Ofsted. <laughs> um, and you have to do your less, send in your plans, you know, and all the rest of it. Well, so you don't have to send them in. You just have to have a folder with it all, you know, set out, which I don't mind, actually. I like to have a plan in my head of what I'm going to do, you know, and, and folder of my, you know, the way... I'm going to run the class. Uh, I mean, very often I depart from that, but I've got a structure there if I need to fall back on it. You know, I know if somebody says, well, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? I can say, well, it's all in here. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> mm. um, I... I, do you know what my next question on the list you've kind of answered as we've gone along really because it's asking about what literature has informed your thinking and, and quite regularly you're holding up books and papers and <laughs> um, lots of important things which, which kind of sum that up so I'm going to sort of change that up a little bit into the next one which is in your role of, of um, an expert in your field and understanding the biblioth- bib- sorry bibliotherapy get my words together um, <laughs> what should we all be reading now what what's kind of important now or of the moment?
1: Um, well, I think, uh, and I put it out so that, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, James Heaney. I've mentioned him once, um, The Cure at Troy, right? And it's sort of relevant because, you know, talking about Joe Biden and, um, you know, Ireland, uh, this is the, from, from this, this play, Bill Clinton read, when they were signing the Northern Ireland peace agreement, and he read this famous passage from the Cure at Troy. It is, you know, you probably you probably come across you'd have heard it. Human beings suffer. You know, it's been you know, it's been in the news. It's been in the in the papers. Uh, they torture one another. They get hurt and get hard. No poem or play or song can fully right a wrong inflicted and endured. You know, it's the whole thing about um, the Northern Ireland situation, you know, the dreadful wounds that each side had, had caused to each other, this terrible woundedness. It's something, something I learned from reading this play. It's the, how we all carry our wounds, you know, we all have, and it's very much, isn't it, in evidence, these, like being the victim, you know, the the wounded victim. And we all, I think I carry it a bit about, you know, my father's death, you know, he died very early from multiple sclerosis and I carry that as a sort of wound inside, you know, and I recognize the the, the themes in this which are about, about those wounds that we find it very hard to heal, you know, and, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's something I'm reading uh, at present, I've just reread it. Um, so that's one.
2: <laughs> well, no, that, that's great. And uh, like you say, I think very much in line with, with the time as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, another one to kind of add to my list. I've been jotting down while you've been going along here. Yeah. Um, now, as we kind of come towards the end, we always ask people for um, a bit of the key message, um, mm-hmm. usually focused towards kind of... Um, aiming and having a go at the research. But I, I wonder if you've got a, a key message that you can share as a summary thought on this one as well.
1: Key message, i down. Yeah, I have, I have. Um, go to your bookshops, go to your libraries, uh, go to your friends' houses and browse about get books, you know, Uh, Go on your iPad. There's so much information on books on your iPad or, you know, on your computer or, you know, where we're talking now. Um, I mean, all these books behind me, um, you know, are my physical books, but you don't need those. There's all sorts of information out there. Um, So, you know, bookshops are having a hard time at the moment, I know, because I read it on Twitter all the time, (laughs) you know. Go to those bookshops. They'll love you. You know, they'll love you coming in and asking them about books, uh, you know, um, I think adults, so, you know, children seem to be okay with books and reading, but adults, you know, I find men particularly, you know, hardly any men on my courses, or women, all women, you know, they, they love reading. Great. But you know, where are the men? Um, I had men coming to my detective fiction course, a few, but, uh, poetry courses, very few. Um, Novel courses, even fewer, I'm afraid, you know. Um, it's, it's sad, actually, because I, as a bloke, always loved reading, always loved books, you know, and, um, you know, when I was in Liverpool in the 60s, we all used to talk about Catch-22, you know, that was the, you know, we always used to call each other Yosarian, you know, <laughs> this sort of thing. You know, we, we laughed about our reading, we shared our reading. I'm so sad that it doesn't seem to be happening today. Um, you know, for, for blokes, actually, I think it would really help with mental health. Uh, so, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. so
2: that's and, a, message. Uh, that's a strong I that. message. I love that. I love that's a key message. So it, it's, you know, get out there to the bookshops, read books, do books, but more yeah. importantly, if you're a man as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that's fantastic. I'll pass over to Joe to, uh, to round us up. Okay. Thank you very much, Peter.
0: Right. Um, so, it, do you know it's lovely listening? I can hear your Liverpudlian accent. Oh. As you, as you're, it's still there, isn't it? I can, I can hear it.
1: <laughs> it. comes out when I start talking like this. It comes
0: yeah. out, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, it's lovely to hear. Um, one of the things you were talking about was uh, you said you, you thought people might ask you to write. And uh, do you know, uh, we would love you to write. We've got a blog space that we can um, put people, yeah. um, articles out. Um, I mentioned the campaign that I'm involved in. We call it Adult Conversations. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but uh, that, that's what we've sort of called it, Adult yeah. Conversations. Um, and somebody we were speaking to said, who is writing about adult education at the moment? Nobody. And she's kind of right. Not many people are. So uh, we would love you to write something impassioned about, um, yeah, you know, totally. the importance of adult education, and we will, we will certainly amplify that. So yeah. that, that, that's a, an invitation from us, yeah. uh, from our Let's little do. space yeah um thank you so so much peter it's been it's been a delight to hear about uh your wealth of experience in education you know as a tutor particularly how passionate you are as an adult education tutor mm-hmm. and how you've taken your learning from that and and you know presented at conferences as well mm. so that's been fascinating to hear and i think it will be really inspiring for anybody listening to think that they can do that they can take their action research or practitioner focused research and and take it out there yeah and, uh, and yeah. share it with others yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> so thank you very much and uh, so we we'll, hey we'll say goodbye goodbye to you uh, peter and your fabulous bookshelves that nobody, oh, right. else. <laughs> nobody else can see that but we can yeah. see it yeah okay yeah.
2: Bye. Thank you very much for sharing with us, Peter, and That's sharing right. your enthusiasm. Thank <laughs> you. Bye-bye. Yeah. You've been listening to the FE Research Podcast. You can follow the conversations on Twitter using the hashtag FE Research Podcast. Thanks for listening, and hopefully you can join us again soon.